welcome to the Raven Bookery Podcast. We are three sisters who love to read and sit around and talk about all things books. And we do a great deal of laughing while we're at it. Today, we're going to do a special Thanksgiving episode. But before we get started into our topic, we're going to share our favorite Thanksgiving dish. Favorite and least favorite. Favorite and least favorite. Start with favorite. What's favorite? <laughs> oh, I just thought of my least favorite, though. <laughs> just popped in my brain. Uh, with a big old yuck sound. <laughs> can I say corn? Corn. Corn's your favorite? Corn's your favorite I, Thanksgiving side dish. I mean, it's potatoes, right? It's yeah, mashed basically. potatoes. Any, any <laughs> Thanks. Um, We're right. always like... Any, like, mashed potatoes. Like, hands down. Right? Those are definitely the best. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, I I like the corn. Corn's good, on the cob, off the cob. Either either way, I prefer it off the cob because I don't like working that hard for my food. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's that's aren't like specifically Thanksgiving foods. So if we're thinking like the tradition, I mean mashed potatoes are traditional, but I have mashed potatoes and um, corn every week. Yeah, <laughs> um, pumpkin pie. Oh yeah, Absolutely. favorite Thanksgiving dish pumpkin pie mm-hmm. whipped cream with a side of pumpkin pie <laughs> yes absolutely if you can see my pie there's not enough whipped cream on it <laughs> yeah i too am a huge mashed potatoes um i am not a big fan of i'm i'm okay with brown gravy i can eat brown brown gravy i prefer white gravy though <gasps> the country gravy. country gravy mm-hmm. on um, mashed potatoes yeah. oh so good <laughs> So good. You're nice, salivating over a there. A nice pepper gravy. Other, I actually do like <laughs> the stovetop stuffing <laughs> box mix. I actually like that. I can't eat too much of it, and I won't ever eat the leftovers. But there, on Thanksgiving, fresh, I'll I'll take a few bites of that. That's good. I was going to say the same thing. Like, uh, stuffing has recently become one of my favorite things. Like, mm. I will, I will get a good helping of stuffing with next to my mashed potatoes and my turkey and I will douse all of it in brown gravy. I, I like the, the Are brown you gravy. a pour the gravy over everything on the plate? Not everything, but like not the corn. Not, not your not, salad. Not the corn, not the salad. <laughs> That's gross. Um Hot like, dressing <laughs> But like on the turkey, on the mashed potatoes, on the stuffing. Brown gravy on all three of those. I've never tried gravy on the stuffing. It's oh, pretty good. I'll have to do that this year. I also would like to throw in a really good roll. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, mm. Good rolls. Yeah. You know what Josh does? He'll take the roll and he'll make it like a mini turkey sandwich. I thought you said he was going to Pac-Man it. <laughs> Just like, he'll put like a turkey stuffing gravy mashed potatoes probably and he'll put it like in the roll and just have a little turkey no, like that's sandwich. Josh that's what you do with leftovers no he does that at the table I know. <laughs> not Thanksgiving dinner that's what you do with the leftovers the next day is this like that's what he does with his second helping? yeah yeah so like he'll okay, have, so it'll have it normal I guess <laughs> and then there'll be something normal <laughs> the second and then go around <laughs> bloody honey Okay. okay. 
least, least favorite. favorite. I just thought of mine that I know all, both of you are going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's trash. You bring that to my table, you are uninvited to Thanksgiving dinner. <gasps> Is it green bean casserole? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the most redeeming part of green bean casserole? Throwing it in the trash? The fried but, onions. I was going to say the onions draws on top. But it's not worth eating the rest of it for it. Nope. No. And nope. I love our sisters-in-law. But and it was a it's a tradition well, I find in, it their, in their yeah, family. They grew like, up yeah. having it all the time. Green like, bean yeah. casserole, and so many people around here. Green bean casserole. Yeah, green bean casserole. I didn't see it at Thanksgiving until no, I moved to Utah. I didn't know what? that was a thing. Someone yeah, told me there what? was a green bean casserole, and I was like, "What? Why would you do that?" That says. I also didn't quite understand funeral potatoes. I still don't. Funeral potatoes are delicious. I am, Oregon delicious. Yeah, I, I really do. But it's still one of those like that's a very Utah thing. It is a very Utah yeah. thing because they're what just. Au gratin potatoes everywhere no. else? No, it's not. No? Funeral potatoes aren't au gratin potatoes. Are they like the thinly sliced? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. They it's are like hash browns. Oh. Like, it's like frozen hash browns or shredded shredded potatoes. And if then there's fancy. like cream, cream of mushroom or cream of chicken. I think mixed that's in where they it. lose me. It's cream of mushroom. A lot of okay, cheese. Mm. I'm pretty sure. That, yeah, there's cheese mixed in. And, and it's then. Like Cornflakes or Ritz crackers or Corn something like that. Oh, I see. Or potato chips. <laughs> All of the above. Or Ruffles potato chips. Yeah, it's one of those like. Yeah, I have a recipe for it that I've made before. It's actually Nick's pretty good. Nick's mom makes great funeral potatoes. Oh my gosh! Every time she'd make it for Sunday dinner and we were there, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna roll out of here then. <laughs> I'm gonna eat that whole tray. Gotcha. But yes, green bean casserole is the devil's side dish. Well, okay, so I don't like I don't like green beans to begin with. Yeah. So like I would never touch green bean casserole, but for me, least favorite is sweet potato, like sweet potato, like sweet mashed potatoes. Oh, and with stuff. like the marshmallows on it. Yes. Like the candied sweet potatoes. Yeah. I don't mind those. I I enjoy I a good sweet potato. Them. They confuse me. I don't like I don't like sweet potatoes. Are they vegetables? Why are there marshmallows? <laughs> And I think that's why people like it is because oh it's got like brown sugar and marshmallows on it and it's it's kind of sweet for the sweet it's potatoes. Like, it's like hey I'm eating my vegetables uh that's full of sugar. <laughs> but I mean I've tried like sweet potato fries and stuff. I, I don't like them. I like a good sweet potato fry. I do like the roasted carrots, and everyone was like oh who made sweet potato fries? No those are roasted carrots, and I love the roasted carrots. Yeah. But I don't like sweet potato fries. <laughs> But maybe I would if I tried them, because apparently they taste just like my roasted carrots. You ready for my uh, yes. least favorite What's your least favorite? The turkey. <laughs> oh, what? that's right. She I, hates turkey. I, I, don't like, I don't like turkey, right? So She doesn't like dry birds. I, I don't. I don't. They're, it's not. I mean, she I'll eat it. wet like, birds? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, Have you like, see, like, like ducks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, question. Are ducks naturally more moist because <laughs> they spend so long? I'm, I'm going to go with yes. Probably. Probably. No, but like there's something about turkey. It's just dry. It's like. It's the why, dry. Why don't you turkey. just have chicken? <laughs> um, I But I'll eat like dark meat, dark meat only. But like whenever we go over to, you know, grandma's house for Thanksgiving, like, would you like some leftover turkey? Like, no. Nope. I do not think Well, that's does. when you put the gravy on it to give it a little. But it's the brown gravy, and then I don't like the brown gravy. Yeah. Again, picky eaters going to Thanksgiving is I will eat mashed potatoes and corn. <laughs> <laughs> and a roll. And a roll. Give me the starches. Mm, carbs. Um, I I have a hard time with turkey too. 
There is that one year that I made the turkey for Thanksgiving dinner, and it was... I thought it was really good. You did do a good job with that. That it was, was like a, a rosemary thyme. Rosemary thyme and rub sage and it with butter um, rubbed in between the skin and the meat, which was a uh, traumatizing experience to do. <laughs> um, but then it was... You obviously didn't dissect many animals in high school. No, actually, it's because I did the cadaver lab in college. It's because you dissected too many things. <laughs> I didn't have to dissect them, but just seeing them dissected, it was... I have a hard time around raw meat that looks too much like what it did when it was alive. Wow. Anyway, um, but then I stuffed inside of it, like, a, a chopped onion. I think there were lemons and I want to say apples that were shoved inside the turkey while it was roast, while it was baking and roasting. So that when I used the juices to make the gravy, the gravy turned out kind of lemony and sweet uh-huh. and very rosemary thyme. And oh. It was pretty good. I, I kind of want to do a repeat of that if I ever make the turkey again. It was. Okay. like Of the Thanksgiving turkeys I've had, that was probably one of the best. But I'm with you. Most often turkeys is so dry. I would, I would prefer ham. Yeah, or like ham. A, a smoked turkey. Smoked turkey is oh, really good. Smoked turkeys are freaking delicious. You want to know why? Because they taste like they ham. Taste like ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I love the smoked turkey. Or there is one time someone brought like a smoked turkey breast that was like cooked in the crock pot. Mm-hmm. It was very moist, <laughs> very not dry, <laughs> and it was really good. Mm-hmm. But no, I understand. That's interesting. I did not know that about my sisters. My favorite thing to do with the dry turkey leftovers, though. Throw them in the trash? No, with the rolls leftover, is I would do a barbecue sandwich. Like, oh, cut open the roll, okay. put the tur- warm up the turkey, put it on, and just slather that in barbecue sauce. And that's my favorite Thanksgiving leftover to deal with the dry turkey that now needs to get used up. Okay. Uh, for our special Thanksgiving podcast um we decided that also since november has five thursdays in it we get a bonus episode and we figured we'd put it right at thanksgiving and instead of drawing a topic out of our jar we came up with one appropriate for the day which is why are you thankful for books it's a good good heavy question (laughs) very heavy question (laughs) i think why why would you think it's heavy I, Heavy or like loaded? Maybe maybe a bit of both. It's hard for me to answer that question without getting into heavy topics. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be brave. Show my face first. <laughs> be vulnerable. I mean, I like I have no problem going first. I mean, I don't think it was that. Heavy. No, it's it's good, right? Like that. Well, do you want me to go first because yours is going to be more serious? Mine's just like it's. Yeah. Go ahead. So my. Why I'm thankful for books, it's, um, I've always really liked the idea of storytelling and being told stories. Like, our dad is a great storyteller. Yeah. Um, and so, like, growing up, it's always been a, a good, like, it's just kind of like a, a family tradition, it feels like, like being told stories and telling stories. And we sit around and we just tell stories to each other, mostly from our lives. And um, eventually, we're all going to slip into dimension we'll just be telling the same stories over and over again but they're great Uh, and so like books feel very familiar and so I read books for 
the story aspect of it. So I really like reading books that have different storylines. So I don't like necessarily reading romance books over and over and over again. I like mixing it up and being told different stories from different points of view. But it's also a kind of like escapism. Like I can't handle the heavy of my life right now. I need to just be somewhere else and nothing takes me out of it faster than delving into a book and, and diving in and, and just being immersed in a different world with a different different characters and different people in different situations who also have hard things in their lives and and so it's also that like you know that kindred spiritness and I thinking about it some of my favorite books are are with characters that like I relate to I understand what you're going through because I have felt those exact same things and seeing that acted out on a page and seeing them come to good ends gives you like hope for like you know what I'm going through something terrible but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and and it's gonna get better because it got better for this fictional character <laughs> that I love oh yeah yeah I mean and is that the heavy you were talking about I mean kind of um you touched on it a little bit there's definitely an aspect, obviously, of um, seeing myself in a story. Um, I feel like deep inside of me, in another life, I was definitely a warrior. Like, I love reading fantasy books. I lo- my favorite books are strong female heroines, and not just strong female heroines like an Elizabeth Bennet or something like that. Strong female heroines that are like, no, no, I fought the bad guy, <laughs> and yeah. I kicked his trash. Yeah. Like, that they, I love reading those kinds of stories. I love feeling like there's that possibility of being inherently powerful um, through, like, the fantasy, like, the magic systems and stuff like that. Um, I, yeah, I, I do like that. Um, and I do, and I get that same feeling of, like, hey, they figured it out. I can figure it out, you know. <laughs> Um, but it definitely is that, that escapism. Um, so for me, there was a, um, a time that I really noticed how powerful that escapism was, um, when we were trying to get pregnant, one of the four times, right? Um, it took us a long time. We're experiencing some infertility and no one had any explanations for us and, there is, and those who have experienced infertility understand this innately, that it's every month you go through the five stages of grief, right? When you, you find out you're not pregnant and you are, you start grieving because it was what you were hoping for. And so, and that is a long, um, emotionally draining process to go through those five stages, right? Like, to, and you have to work yourself to acceptance fairly quickly because you got to turn around and start trying again. Yeah. Because the turnaround time is usually short, especially if you're doing anything with medication or anything with doctors or even just trying on your own. It can be kind of a short turnaround process where like, I am, I'm grieving some, like I'm devastated. I was hoping so much and now I got to turn around and be okay with it and start trying, you know, it's, it's so emotionally draining. I have to, you have to get from devastation to hope in a matter of days. Yes. Yeah. And that is, that's draining. And there's a lot of, 
you get tired. You get tired of pulling yourself out of it over and over and over again um, to the point where it's, yeah, it's, it's a nasty cycle. But I found, and I would plan this out, I would plan out a book to read when I knew my <laughs> cycle was due so that when I inevitably found out that I was not pregnant, I would immediately read, start reading, um, or as soon as I could, because I was working, you know, um, read. And it was this, so a lot of times dealing with that involves just letting time pass, but you don't have the luxury of letting time pass, because like I said, you only have a couple of days to like get over it and move on. Um, and so it was like, it was like this time travel trick because I would sit and read a book in a couple of days and time lapse in the book, in the story I was reading would be anywhere from a couple of months to years, right? Depending on the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it would, because I experienced, I escaped from my life. I experienced someone else's life that took a long time, even though it, only was like four or five hours in my life I finished the book stepped away from it and felt like more time had passed in my own life than what had actually happened because you had lived a life with this character you had lived it's several like a, months years with a yes, character very much like a Narnia wardrobe situation <laughs> right <laughs> um, and it made it so much easier so much easier to deal with that quick turnaround, to allow myself to escape. One more. Um, so that's, I'm so grateful for books. I love them to begin with. I've been a bookworm for most of my life. Um, so there is that, that intrigue, that escapism, that storytelling. I just love experiencing these amazing other stories and all of these other possibilities that could exist. Um, but as I've gotten older, that escapism has become sometimes vital, sometimes necessary. Um, but it's actually like, I've been able to, I don't want to say weaponize it, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> utilize it constructively. Capitalize on it. Capitalize on it. Because, so there was, there was a day with student teaching that it was just a bad class lesson just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I was flustered. I was losing it. Class ended and it was lunch. And my wonderfully amazing host teacher came over to me and was like, okay, well, let's, I think next time, because I was going to teach the same lesson again after lunch. And she's like, I think for the next lesson, let's focus on this and this. And just trying to kind of help me like calm down. But I, I was also like eight months pregnant at the time. And so <laughs> I was like holding back tears trying not to cry and just like, mm -hmm. like not making eye contact. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, <laughs> and she was like, okay, well let, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do some stuff to get ready for the next lesson. So I'll just hang out in here. I don't want to go and see, I don't want, I want to see my crying kind of thing. And she was very, she was great. Um, just like, okay. And I was like, I'm not even going to eat lunch. I'm going to sit and I'm going to pull up Kindle on my phone. And I'm going to read this random romance novel that I was reading at the time. 
right? And I'm, that's what I need. Um, because it was one of those, like, I was spiraling during that lesson because I was so flustered and like anxious. And now I'm sobbing and crying. I have 35 minutes <laughs> to turn this around, turn my emotional spiral around so that I can attack that next class, that next lesson and do a much better job, but also just not lose my, <laughs> so <clears throat> I did. I sat there and I kind of nibbled on lunch a little bit, but I mostly just focused on reading and just emptying my mind of everything else that had happened and just focus on reading. And yeah, it, w it worked. It worked perfect. Like I was able to stop crying. I was able to calm down. I was able to, it, again, I was able to step away from the scenario, separate myself from it, not feel so, you know, ashamed, embarrassed, yeah. all of those things. <laughs> And then I could come, finished reading, you know, I could come back to the next lesson and be like, okay, it was almost like new day, new lesson, even though it had only been 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I like weaponizing reading. <laughs> I feel, I feel very, very similar to that um, in the sense that I use reading to kind of restart or re give my brain a break. Um, I have the wonderful uh, ability to overthink everything that I do um, and little tasks and other things that I need to do seem monumental and so it takes me a very long time to do very simple things and so in those times when I feel very overwhelmed and I just can't do anything I will sit down and read for maybe just like 15 or 20 minutes and I've given my given my anxiety a a, a break and like to cut something off and then I can then come back to my tasks and be able to wrap my brain around okay folding laundry is not going to take that much time and it's not going to be that bad or Putting the load of laundry in is not going to take that much. There are not that many steps in doing it, so I can go ahead and do it. That is how my brain works. Wait, like, you don't want to do laundry because it's... Because I have to get up, I have to get the laundry basket, I have to take it into the laundry room, I have to put in the, the scent beads, and then I have to put in all the laundry, and then I have to start... That's how my brain is. It is very... And then thinking about all of those steps is, and makes now I'm me exhausted tired. and I don't and want to do it. Exactly. Is that how your overthinking is? Um, not with, not so much with, um, like the, the little intricacies of like doing laundry. Um, but more, mine's more on like a grand, not grand scale. <laughs> more like, so this trip coming up, right, that I'm leaving on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I am working, a lot of my emotional energy right now is working on keeping my anxiety at bay with, I haven't packed a single thing yet, I haven't even made a packing list, um, Nick did all the laundry today, he did say there's one load or two that still needs to be dried, um, but I haven't, even like I realized I have not checked into an airport to fly in years. And like, okay, but you do it all the time. Like you've done it all the time. Stop <laughs> freaking out. You know? So mine's more on like 
those big things. I just like that. Um, I don't know how I lucked out, but like overthinking and, and anxiety were not the um, mental disorders that I not disorders. What's the, <laughs> oh no, it's a disorder. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the the mental complication that I was blessed with, right? Um, you do suffer from imposter syndrome. Quite oh, hardcore. A bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm mentally healthy in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and none of us are. I don't think anyone like, anxiety who was... to run a podcast is mentally. <laughs> just kidding. This is your choice, not mine. <laughs> just, it would be weird if you had an Anne stand-in. Uh, no, but like. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about um, like the different ways that they cope with their uh, their own mental issues, right? Their their depression, their anxiety, uh, things like that. And so, like um, reading is often one of those ways. Have you guys felt? Because you do, both of you, if you're okay with that, have suffered from depression and anxiety. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel that reading has helped you manage those difficulties? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. I will have to say that it was... So when I hit, after my third, and I hit, I got postpartum depression pretty bad. Um, not pretty bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, I made a realization that I had not been reading. I had not been reading for a long time. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't, I can't remember the last time I read a book. And, and it was, and it seemed to be like one of those things I would pick up or put down or do here or there, but, or, and, and it could have been like my adjustments to reading as an adult or my adjustments to reading as a mom where I have someone who's demanding my time constantly. And when I would read in college or even early marriage, it was, no, I, I read like I watch a movie all in one sitting. (laughs) That's how I read. And then kids came along and that's not as possible anymore. Um, I don't really want to live on two hours of sleep to make that happen. Um, And so I had to, I developed better skills about being interrupted, pausing, taking a break, coming in and out of the book. And I found some things that I actually enjoy about taking longer with books. Um, but I actually, I live in that world for longer. Because you used to be a, and I, I remember us having this discussion years ago, that not that you were amazed, but it was more of a like, what do you mean you can stop in the middle of a chapter? Yes, I used and, to not be able to understand that. Yeah, because I'd be like, that. yeah, well, that's where I stop. Like, sometimes I stop in the middle of a page. Like, it's never like in the middle of a paragraph. I'll finish the paragraph, but like, yeah, I'll, I, I will, uh, middle of the page, this is where I stop, because this is... Oh, something else happened and I needed to close the book. But before you, when you had heard that, you were like, how, what, what, what do you mean? You didn't finish the chapter? Just, yeah. And so it was that idea of like. Oh yeah. And I would get like irrationally annoyed when I would not be able, when I would get interrupted or I'd have to finish or uh, pause even after a chapter and put it down and go do real life things. Um, It used to really annoy me. So then when kids came along. I didn't figure out how to add reading back in, um, at least not as well. And I think, honestly, I think it's one of the reasons why I started developing depression. Because <laughs> um, you lost that thing that... I lost that thing that helps me escape. I lost one of those things that I like to do that fills my bucket. And now, at, through wonderful therapy, I tracked a lot of my 
beginning depression things to way before my third baby was born. Um, and it was, and it came from putting things that I find joy in aside and not doing them anymore. For your kids. For my kids or for, for the good of my little family. You know, not that it was ever demanded of me, but just I voluntarily put them aside thinking, no, I can't do that anymore. I'm a mom. This is what a good mom does. They yeah. don't ignore their kids and read a book. Right. Which now, now I'm probably swayed the other way too much, but <laughs> they're old enough. They can, they get their own breakfast. It might be toast and chips, but hey, they well, eat something. I feel like that is the opposite end of the pendulum where you use reading too much as an escape and you escape too often into the pages of a book so much so that you neglect or forget your adult responsibilities. Yes. I think that can happen with any hobby, right? There has yeah. to be that delicate balance of, yes, this is something I want to do. Yes, this fills my bucket, but I also have a real life and a responsibility and responsibilities that I have to tend to. Yeah. yeah. Or or children die. <laughs> Which or is... your husband Lucy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He ain't living there. Oh, I'm talking about my husband. Because oh. that's something that I do have to be aware of that I will go too often into the book that I'm reading or I'll I'll forego doing like the dishes or cleaning the kitchen because I want to sit and I want to read. And so those times are when I have to be super careful that I don't do that too often or it's I not becoming an addiction. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not an addiction. I can quit any time. I can quit I after this next chapter. To. Um, <laughs> I quit after this next chapter. <laughs> but like I, I have turned because I'm so aware of that, I've turned it into okay, I do the dishes, I and I clean up the kitchen, then I can go read. That is my reward <laughs> for doing my adult responsibilities. Yeah. But I do that too. Yeah. So being grateful to books for helping teach that life balance. This yeah. is something I want to do. I want to do it right now. But yeah. well, and it was also it was also reading and understanding the the certain character struggles helped make me feel more confident and comfortable going to therapy. And, and having, having that time uh, to talk with a counselor and realizing my own struggles that I could better understand how I think and how I work. So I am forever grateful for books and stories that show another person their struggles in their life and how I can rely, this sounds so weird, but like rely on their strength and their perseverance and think if I if they can do it then I can do it too like I can get through this I want to be like this person so let me do this let me be strong and and, and take care of this even if it's a fictional person fighting a dragon it's okay or a giant worm that quote fairy tales don't teach children that dragons exist children already know that dragons exist fairy tales teach children that dragons can be defeated I love that quote right yes. there that is exactly exactly what reading does for me. I mean, all of the fun benefits of loving a story too, but that is one of the big things that we've discovered. <laughs> yeah. 
It's this perseverance through watching somebody else do it first, even if they are a fictional character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, you, you find life imitates art, art imitates life. Yeah. Um, it, they're tied hand in hand, and, and mm-hmm. you can find connection to anything. Yeah. So, you know, one of the books that I read that brought me out of my funk. Which one? After, so after third baby, really feeling down, realized I hadn't been reading for a long time. Um, it was Echo. Oh, that's a good one. I remember reading that one and just sobbing all through it and being like, this book fills me with hope. Yeah. So much hope. I love that book. I think, and that one is a, is a great one. Um, but I, like, one of the things that I, I truly do love about books is the, the different perspectives that you get. And it was, I think I've said it before here, um, at, at work we were talking about the benefits of reading for children. And it's not necessarily just the becoming fluent readers, people who are capable of reading, but the benefit that a chapter book and delving into a book and getting to know characters helps with children is that it teaches them a greater sense of empathy. They are mm-hmm. forced to see a situation from somebody else's perspective and see the way that they're dealing with it in a way that they don't get necessarily in their everyday life. And so the idea that books are a great way to teach empathy and to see the world through somebody else's point of view. So like the idea of, um, I, it was a, when I was in the classroom, we had, uh, like I'd order, you know, from Scholastic all of the time. Those, um, Oh gosh, I'm completely blanking on them. It's the like flimsy paper book, the book orders, right? Yeah. So we'd send out book orders to kids and then they'd bring them back. And, and so mm-hmm. I would flip through them and those were always my favorite part of the month. Like, hey, it's book order time, right? This is great. Um, as a teacher and as an adult, I would sit there and order books. And I, I purposefully focused on books that are like, that's different. That's one that I haven't read yet. There was one that I read. Um, it was called, oh, there were several that I read like that. Um, one was called, other words for home or another word for home, which is a great one. It's about um, a girl and her mother who move from a Middle Eastern country that's like a war-torn country, and they come to the United States to live with like their uncle in what's essentially a very American house, right? And it talks about her struggles in, uh, like she knows English, but like acclimating herself into an American middle school essentially mm-hmm. and the the best part the the part that sticks with me and I hope it stays with me all the time it, it talks about um this girl getting her first period and then she started to wear the hijab right and so she started to wear the head covering and um she went downstairs after it happened and um her aunt who was an American you know was looking at her like oh you're you're wearing your your head covering and, and she kind of was like, oh, that's that's new and that's different. And um, she had a conversation with this girl later on. She's like, you know, you don't have to wear that if you don't want to here. You're, you're free to do whatever you want. And this girl was kind of taken aback because in her culture and in her perspective, it was, you know, back home, this would be something that was celebrated. Yeah. And like, oh, this, you're a woman now. And so like that idea, and I had never thought of that before because I always, not always, but like you look at it, like, yes, I understand that that, that cultural tradition is a choice and it does represent something, but it also always kind of felt like, oh, you have to wear that. That it's seems oppressive. restricting. Right. And oppressive. I had, 
Yeah, and I had never yeah. thought of it as, oh no, this is a celebration of who you're becoming as a woman. And so like that idea of just this, like that is something I had never heard of. And I probably never would have gotten that perspective from somebody if I hadn't read it in that book. Because I mean, living where we live, we don't have a lot of Muslim Middle Eastern uh, people who live around here who you know, make those choices and wear those, those what are essential religious garments. Um, so never having the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody about that topic, like a book fills that gap. And, and that's just amazing. And I'm so many books that I've read, books meant for children. There's another one called Paper Things about a girl who's experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. and what she has to go through for that. And there's another one. Um, oh, Nick was really mad when we read Crenshaw to the children. Yeah, that's a... Crenshaw's another one about a family that goes through homelessness and... But there's so many of them, and it, it's just one of those things that I'm grateful for the the opportunities that books give because we don't always have opportunities to talk to people who have different backgrounds than we do, but we can read these books and experience the life through those yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, like building that empathy. I know like one of the most hated tropes is the miscommunication trope. Yeah. But think about that in like a dual POV story, like a dual point of view story. Mm-hmm. Um and the miscommunication trope, doesn't that immediately teach you automatically that if you would just talk to them, it would yeah. fix all your problems? Just and that speak. is like the number one life lesson to anyone in the world. Just talk, just talk about it. <laughs> just talk about it, you know? And but no, I, I, I like that a lot, that it builds that empathy mm-hmm. that you wouldn't normally get. There's a great quote um, that I really like about communication, and it's, I'm going to misquote it terribly, but uh, it was something along the lines of, the greatest misconception about communication is that it's actually taken place. I like that. Isn't that great? That's really good. It's the idea that you're saying something does not mean that somebody else is understanding it exactly the way that you're understanding it, because it has to go through so much of your background and your filters in order for you to understand it. Mm -hmm. And even like with the three of us, our backgrounds and our filters are very different from the way we understand things. It's almost like just because you said it does not mean it was communicated. Exactly. Or understood or believed or... Yeah, that's that's good. I'm grateful for books because of the way it brings people together. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a, like, I mean, not just like us, like we read the same books and it gives us something to talk about, but it, it like unites communities and it forms communities and like you could, you know, I mean, you think about, you know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, any of those great books that have this like huge fan base and you can see somebody walking along the street and they're wearing a, you know, a Lord of the Rings t-shirt and you're like, I know that they're one of my yeah. people and it can be a complete stranger. So there's mm-hmm. this connectivity yeah. that books bring. I it's like, like you see a person on the bus reading a book that you like and it's like the book is recommending the person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can be friends. I enjoyed that book too. Yeah. yeah. We made the same choices in books. I yeah. mean, the, the, <laughs> the hottest thing that Josh has ever done is uh, we have read, we read the same book and we were discussing it. Oh, I love it. It's like, I have never been more attracted to my own husband <laughs> than when we are talking about I was about attracted books. to you before this. I know. We're it's over like... 100% now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. Like, the times when I can sit with my friends and sit with family and discuss a book series or discuss a book or, or an author or something, 
those conversations make me feel more connected to that person. Yeah. It's like we experienced the same story. We came out with different ideas about it. Hey, let's talk about it and let's swap ideas and, and share interest and insights and whatnot on a story that we both read. And yeah. I think that happens more on a deeper level with books than it does with movies and TV shows. Because yeah. books are more of a commitment where, like, I mean, you go see a movie, and even if it's one that, like, is bad, and I know it's going to be bad, and I know I'm going to hate it, I can sit through it because I know it's going to be, what, two and a half hours tops? Yeah. But, like, a book is a, like, that's a commitment. Yeah. And you, you, you had to get your brain involved. Yeah. Like, repeatedly, because not many of us sit down and read books in one go. My, so, <laughs> when you're talking about creating communities and joining people together. So, at my gym, there are these mid-twenties boys, right? <laughs> I absolutely love showing up and being like, guys, guess what I read? <laughs> and we've read a lot of the same books. Um, like I mentioned, I was given Red Rising. Someone uh -huh. gifted it to me. And I mentioned it to one of these guys like, hey, because it was, read the blurb on the back. I was like, well, that sounds really interesting. Like, this sounds good. Um, and so just to get someone else's perspective of who someone I know, we've read a lot of similar books. I was like, hey, have, you, have any of you guys read Red Rising? It was, oh my gosh, the reaction from them was hilarious. Because they were like, <gasps> you gotta. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you gotta talk to him. And they pointed out one of their friends. And he was like, Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he was all excited about it. And then he said the most random thing, which I thought was hilarious. He was like, that author, he's got to be one of the most attractive authors I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> yeah. He's like super attractive for an author. <laughs> like physically attractive? Or yes. like your soul is beautiful because of the book <clears throat> you wrote? No. Physically attractive. attractive. And so I was like, uh, I got to check this out. So I had to look him up and be like, I see what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Is it like Pierce Brown? It's Pierce Brown, yeah. And his thing was like, he... <laughs> At least he found him. Shut the front door! He's pretty cute. And, and the whole, like, for an author. Like, for an author glamour shot, he probably could model. Yeah, he, okay. He looks like, he looks like a small-town sheriff in a, on a CW show. <laughs> anyway, no, I just I, thought... I was, was getting, good. like, high school English teacher vibes. Oh, yeah, I see that, too. Like... So, yeah, it is very, like, unifying across so many different barriers that would normally exist. That when you've read the same book as somebody, it's like an instant connection. And enjoyed the same book. Yes. Like, if you found value in the same book that I did, yeah. there's a connection there between the two of us that, like, you could be... Uh, Lisey's fangirling over pictures. <laughs> I'm gonna read Brown. Red Rising now. <laughs> I need to read Red Rising. I so getting the year of Sanderson. I saw two people in two different scenarios wearing the Hoyd for President shirt. One was at a school <laughs> I was visiting, and it was this teenage boy. And I saw it, and I was like, mm. and I didn't say anything because he was in class and everything. But I was like, I have that same shirt. <laughs> and then the other time was I was walking around the grocery store, and it was best part. It was another mom. I'm assuming, I'm, well, she was older. I'm assuming she's a mom. I probably shouldn't assume. But it was another lady in the grocery store, like older lady, more of my age, walking around. And I was like, yes, more of us exist. You know, that was. <laughs> there are more of us. Yes. But again, it's one of those, like, I found my people. Yeah. Through a uh -huh. book. And 
you are you are my people. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, it is. And there are deeper there are deeper things that you get out of books that I'm not the only one going through this. Mm-hmm. Or these people can overcome their challenges. I can overcome mine. Or even seeing yourself in a character in maybe a not good light. I've seen that happen too. Oh. Where it's like I've read a book and it's like, ooh, I and it had to do with a mental illness situation, but I was like, I know exactly how she's feeling. I know exactly why she's acting the way she's acting. And I sometimes do that too. It was like a kind of like a self-destructive mode kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I see it. And if anything, it was, I've never been that bad, but now I know to not let myself get that bad, (laughs) you know? Um, So there, there are those, it's creating those communities with people, those instant connections when you find out you've read the same book and enjoyed the same book, getting that empathy, just living in other stories that you never have access to just living a normal life, right? Yeah. It's it's that, um, what is it, a reader lives a thousand lives. Yeah. yeah. It, it's that experience that there's just nothing else, there's just nothing else like it. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Reading is great. Amen. Reading is magic. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you grateful about books for? Like what, um, what benefits have they brought to your life? What... Why are you thankful that books exist and are a thing that we still use in our society? Yeah. Okay, okay, love, love you, you, bye! Thank you for listening to the Raven Bookery Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at raven underscore bookery. Check out all our original book-inspired designs for great gift ideas on our Etsy shop, Raven Bookery. Happy reading! Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Wear stretchy pants.